Hi guys, welcome to In Her Power podcast with me, Christina, me, Meredith, and Nuna. We are three coaches who talk all things personal development, spirituality, and womanhood. Yeah. <laughs> Today we want to talk about um, personal boundaries, um, holding space for friends, um, and the kind of blurred lines between that and how that can kind of manifest. Um, so yeah, I think we should start off by saying, <laughs> I think we should start off by talking about our own boundaries with each other. So how have you found like putting boundaries with you and I? Because we've definitely had an interesting relationship around it. Um, I think when I first met you, it's like when you meet any new friend, you just kind of like... I feel like there's this, like, not need, but you feel like you're too scared to say something because you're scared to lose them. Mm. Or you don't know the person, so obviously you don't know what they're like, you don't know if they're going to take what you say wrong. Mm. And I think, you know, setting boundaries should be such a normal thing. And I feel like not enough people... Know how to set boundaries. That's why some people may take offence to it because they don't know that actually, it's because that person is like protecting themselves. Protecting themselves, but not enough people know that. So that's why so many people go in defence mode and take things personally mm. and get defensive. So I felt like I probably didn't set boundaries with you, mm. um, and probably vice versa. I don't remember you like being so the way we are now Mm. but I think it's because I feel safe with you and I know that if I say something you're going to completely understand because you're on your own self-development journey and I'm on mine and we both just get it but now because I know that you won't take like offense even though you shouldn't take you know certain boundaries you shouldn't Mm. be offended by that and vice versa like I always try my best to understand when you do set your boundaries even though there's a part of me that's like she hates me mm-hmm. like I'm annoying her she doesn't want to be my friend anymore well it's it's natural isn't it it's like you, you, you like I think until you really nail it you take absolutely everything personally and so when yeah. someone sets a boundary <clears throat> with you when you first kind of maybe introduced to boundaries as a whole because mm. that's definitely our relationship has moved through that gone from like young women to sort of not older women but women who are more aware of themselves <laughs> and able to set boundaries and I think when someone initially approaches you with a boundary and says look I just need this space or I need you to not yeah. do that or mm. I need um to be able to like check in with myself before I immediately hold space for you yeah I think immediately if you're not used to that you take offense you take it personally you're like that person doesn't love me or like Mm. do you know what I mean and I think it's been such a one of the quotes that I really love is the one that says the people that will won't respect your boundary or the people that will respect your boundaries are the ones that hold boundaries themselves yeah that's and the it. ones that don't yeah, don't exactly have boundaries yeah so they just assume that you're willing to hold space for them or to mm. just like immediately be available for them at all times I because they don't, I don't have think boundaries. i've ever done that <laughs> i don't have boundaries i have done that <laughs> 
I really don't. Like, I think part of my, like, people-pleasing, like, side of me is that I don't... It's like I don't want boundaries. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Really? It's like I want to be available all the time mm. at people's service because that makes me feel good. Mm. It makes me feel, like, needed, wanted. Mm. And I was going to say it ties in with self-worth, I think. Because yeah. if someone puts a boundary up towards you and you take it personally it's normally a self-worth thing Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. because you're especially in the people-pleasing world you're very accustomed to feeling wanted by that person Mm. so I think in Mm -hmm. our relationship I got a lot of validation and worthiness from you needing me Mm. so that's why for a long time I didn't set any boundaries because I was like if she needs me she's not going to leave it was my abandonment Mm. wound coming through And then once I'd kind of moved through that, I was like, okay, I love this girl and I never want to lose her. But in order for my sanity and my mental health, I need to... (laughs) Whoa! Don't take it personally! I need to... That was the same for everybody, like, around me. It was like, in order for me to be able to respect myself, I need to say when I can't hold space, when I can't be available when I need some alone time, when I need some quiet time, like, and respecting myself first Mm -hmm. has meant that I've got a closer relationship with myself, I've got a better relationship with you, there's no resentment, there's no bitterness. Because ultimately, if you're constantly holding space for someone, like... You just get tired of it. You get tired. Like, it drains your energy. Completely, and I was feeling that. I was feeling so... I was feeling drained like I was doing it with all the relationships in my life and like putting that boundary in place was really hard but extremely rewarding because I was like I come first Mm. I feel like I really resonate with Nuna with the not setting boundaries and being a people pleaser Mm. I feel like I still am to to a certain extent Mm. I feel so guilty if I say I can't hold space because I have this thing in me where I'm like this person needs someone right now how could I possibly like not be there for them and I have this thing like if I'm going through something or I'm feeling tired like very rarely will I literally be like oh I can't be bothered to hold space for this person Mm. very rarely but most of the time it's like I forget about what's going on in my mind and my life and I'm like 100% focused on that person. So I'm, I, I resonate with that a lot. I think it's easier by text because if yeah. someone is messaging you and they need your help yeah. and you're not able to hold space for them, you can just like not reply until you are. Mm. Yeah. But like, obviously if someone comes to you in person and is like... I'm going through this. I feel like yeah. that's definitely. I I wouldn't be able to say no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even you yesterday, like, how many people were messaging you on WhatsApp, and you were like, I'm just like, yeah, so overwhelmed right now. I think that's a big issue, and it's like part of the reason why I'm so drained today. It's like on top of my work stuff, I have a million relationships to keep afloat that aren't here in Bali right mm. now, and it's p- partly like people pleasing and wanting the relationships to flourish but also an obsession with getting my notifications like mm. what's it called like OCD yeah, yeah it's yeah. an OCD thing like if I have notifications I need to get rid of them straight away mm. and then it just takes over my life mm. I feel like I was literally saying this to Chrissy yesterday I was like 
two or three hours of my day are spent replying to people. Mm -hmm. And I can't just not reply, I can't just never reply. So in my head, I'm like, well, I might as well do it now, otherwise it's just going to build up. Mm. I think that's where coming, like, into the space of, like, being a coach is, this is why I wanted to talk about this, because, like, when you're maybe not working as a coach, holding space for people is just in a friendship sense, and building relationships and maintaining relationships is just purely friends. But when it's like you're a coach, and I think all of us can relate to this, but, like, you're constantly learning and growing about new stuff Mm. and it means that you're applying it to yourself and you're also mindful of it in your relationship so if Mm. someone in my close circle comes to me with something and I feel I've got something to add I automatically go into coach Mm. and it's like I have really tried to step back in that sense and be like right when do I need to be a friend when do I need to be a coach what Mm. does this person need do they even want me to offer advice because maybe they don't that's the thing that's Mm. the one thing I've realized recently is asking someone what do you need from me do you need advice Mm. or do you want me to hold space and I find that with me and you sometimes you go to give me advice Mm. and I don't know I just feel like sometimes maybe you don't want to but you do even though like you will tell me if you don't it's just a me thing like sometimes I'm like oh god I'm a burden that's obviously like a me thing but sometimes I genuinely do like need just someone mm. to hold space for mm. me so I'll be like all I need is just for someone to listen to me like you don't have to talk like mm. like I remember once in the group chat I was saying something about I can't remember now but I was venting mm. and I remember you messaged back saying sorry babe I don't have capacity for this right now mm. And, like, I don't think I'd ever had that. I'd never received a message like that. Mm. But to be honest, all I needed was to get those words out. Mm. I actually wasn't looking for any advice, really. Mm. But sometimes you don't even realise that. Like, Mm. I think the natural thing is to get advice. Mm. But sometimes you don't even need it. Mm. You just need to get your words out. Mm. I think, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's like, at that point when I sent that message, I was like, I can't even respond in a like in a friend way in a coach way I just had absolutely nothing like that was a really busy time and I didn't want to a like abandon myself and come back to the message and try and help or even just hold space I really had to be like I love you but I can't even like read that at the moment I'm so Mm. sorry you're going through something and I think that's where the blurred lines are it's like checking in with yourself before you have a conversation then maybe building relationships and having relationships where you say babe is it okay if I vent or babe is it mm. okay if mm. I you hold space for me or babe would you offer me some advice on this like can I ask for your help mm. and it's like that's where the kind of critical thinking and the boundaries come in place where it's like I am always going to be here for both of you when I have the capacity and I know the same is like reciprocated but sometimes I like right now for example I am so like low on energy and I think even the energetic situation where one of you is going through something and you want to vent I'm just like I can't I just Mm. physically can't and I love you so much it doesn't take away my love at all I feel like you're very in tune with yourself (coughs) I feel like I've only cultivated that within the last like few maybe the last six months I've started like coming since I've done work with Raki like since mm. I've done somatics 
and I've like checked in with my body and seen what I want and I think also that goes I've really been embodying that recently as well since I've been in Bali since I've even been in this house it's just mm. going with the flow mm. and being more in my feminine rather than my masculine um I don't know where I was going with that <laughs> but like do you know what I mean mm. like it is it's, yeah. it's a thing of like awareness it's, yeah it's deep aware it's intuition not just, yeah awareness. it's like aware like literally checking in with your body like mm-hmm. how is my body <clears throat> i think for me i definitely know that i'm going to be moving into more somatics and energy work in the future because i feel everything like on a bodily level if someone is feeling i can feel like i can feel you right now like and i think if someone is high vibration or low vibration i can immediately feel it and it's like even before words come out of their mouth i know what the, what's going on mm. in terms of just energy level and i think before i saw that as a superpower i saw it as just a burden and i was like for fuck's sake why do i always pick up on everyone's energy like this is so annoying i wish i could just get rid empath. of it i don't know whether it is empath cuz like empath is like it's a big trigger word on instagram at the moment about how no really of course it's like if you're if you have an unpredictable parent and they switch moods like every now and again and they like could flip on you at any moment you are hyper aware of what's going on i get it but since i done work in like human design and i done a lot of work with b I realised that I think it's my solar plexus that's an open centre. This is a bit like woo-woo. I don't know if anyone believes in that. I know, but I really believe in human design. And and my solar plexus is open, which means that I receive people's energy and then I amplify it. Mm. So I get what you mean. Like, it can come from, like, childhood experiences and trauma. But also I think it's more of a bodily thing as well Mm. and an energetic Mm. and each center represents something different and my solar plexus is, is literally open so that means mm. i literally feel other people's emotions and mm. i also amplify them mm. and i think it's also like that thing of like where your experiences and your conditioning and everything and how you learn from that also kind of finely tunes if you're in touch with it who you are as a person and what gifts you have to give so mm. like okay maybe having an unpredictable parent meant that you were hyper aware this hyper awareness can now be finely tuned for me as a coach to be able to tune in with my clients and be like how before they even speak how are they where are they at like Mm -hmm. and that means I'm hyper aware and it it does work as a superpower because it's like I don't need to talk to them before I know what's going on you know Mm -hmm. can I ask you both a question with your clients do you feel like do you energetically prepare for it? 100%. Like, five minutes of, like, meditation. Yeah. Mm. Because Fair. there's so much going on in my head, I couldn't mm. possibly, like, be present for someone yeah. if I don't do something, like, a few minutes at least. Mm. And then afterwards as well, my big thing is I look Trauma like an shape. absolute freak. <laughs> but I'll finish the call and immediately just, like, stand up and convulse my body until I feel like I've shaken all the energy off. I need to do that. Because you're taking on so much. And that's why, ultimately, coaches charge a price that they charge because you're working with someone so intensely about trauma, about Mm. reprogramming, about all these really heavy topics. You're taking it all on. Yeah, and the thing is, is I come out of my sessions, like, fucking exhausted. (laughs) Really? Yeah, they really take it out of me. Like, I feel like three people in one day is enough. 
three people in one day. Yeah, like, <coughs> yeah, but that's when I literally fall onto the bed and I'm like, I can't. I could never do three sessions but in But Alicia, day. our coach, she does, like, back-to-back, like, all day. I don't but know she's how a she business coach. That's different, you know? Yeah. When you're working with heavy topics like... I don't know yeah, food and binge eating and yeah. that's a lot of emotion when it's emotional true when it's strategy it's like this is how we do this when it's emotional it's like I feel yeah this. well this is I think one of the reasons why I'm trying to do less one-to-one in my mm. nutrition and more one-to-one in business because mm. they just they just train me mm. and this it's not in a like in a way that I don't like I don't enjoy them because I love helping people through something that I've been through before and giving them that guidance but it's just a lot mm. I also wonder if like there are certain things that might help in terms of like I know for certain since I started doing somatics, the one thing that I'm in tune with is my cycle. Like, mm. I will not, and I'm going to block this out every single month, I will not do any coaching sessions on the day, mm-hmm. the day before, mm-hmm. or after my period. Mm-hmm. Like, at least four days of absolutely no coaching and a lot of rest. I totally stand by that. So I think, for me, it's the week before, because I'm on the week before my period right now. Me too. Mm. And... <laughs> I don't know if it's a coincidence, but I'm fucking dead. Of course you are. Yeah. Of course you are. Oh. And also, when it, basically the months, so when if you don't honour your period and you don't take time to rest on your first day of your bleed and a couple of days later, then that means, and if you're doing stuff and you're constantly like pushing yourself, mm. that means when you're in your ovulatory phase, then you don't have the energy that mm. you would expect to have because you're you didn't recharge your batteries in your mm. during your bleed, which is mad because last month was the first month that I actually completely switched off on the four days around my period, four to five days. Mm. I did nothing. Mm. Like I made sure I had a lot of alone time for me. Being in a quiet space is mm. actually really what helps me recharge, mm. and I honoured every single part of it. Um, I even had the urge to ignore it as well. I was like, right, I'm going to go to Mai Tai. And then I checked in with my body and my body went, no. Mai Tai on your period. I know. Oh, you're crazy. And I checked in my body and my body just like kind of, I could feel it like this. And it looked up at me and went, no. (laughs) So then I just honoured it, did a bit of yoga and just went back to bed and just like tapped away on my laptop a little bit. And this month, the ovulation phase, I was fucking superwoman. I've like, for two weeks, I've been mad at Mm. it. Now I've yeah. come into more PMT and I'm like... But you, it's, it's about honouring that as well and like being like, okay, I feel like this, what do I need? I'm mm. not pushing it away. And accepting that, that's just... Because I, I don't know how many times I say this a day, but a man's hormonal cycle lasts for 24 hours. A woman is 28 days. Mm. 28 days. Mm. So, like, we are completely... We need completely different things. We're completely mm. different to men. Like, men can... Like, that's why they just don't really fluctuate in mood. That's also why, yeah, that's also why, like, the divine masculine is so much better at consistency, discipline, Mm -hmm. all of those, like, really amazing things. Mm -hmm. And that's why women need to work in a much more cyclical nature. Like, Mm -hmm. we are 
in certain phases more creative we are more present we're more um like nurturing intuitive Mm. like and then there are parts of our phases where we are more like go 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 discipline but we just need to honor Mm. that and set in and that also comes into holding space for friends and boundaries and also holding space for clients it's like where am I at? Mm. Can I bring that to a coaching session? That was something that Raki taught me, was like, if you're processing something really deep, but you feel like you can still function, you can bring it to the coaching session, and it might be that that person needs that level of deepness Mm. for that particular Mm. session. Mm -hmm. You have a fantastic session with them because you connect on such a level and you are Mm. so present. Mm. Like, you don't necessarily always have to go and, like, cancel one-to-ones when you're feeling stuff. You can That's really interesting. It. It's That's so really powerful, and I've definitely utilised it. Mm, I think everything you're saying is so interesting, and I think it's great to know all that, but it's nothing unless you check in with yourself. Mm. And I think that's what my, where I fall back on, is, like what you guys have said I'm like oh yeah no I do know that I've I've read that in a book by the way called Period Power which is fucking (coughs) unreal if anyone (laughs) wants to read it it's amazing I know all this stuff but what I'm failing to do is check in with myself regularly and ask myself these questions so I think that's a really key part of this whole story Mm. that a lot of people maybe miss out on Mm. that's the thing that I feel like I tell people I preach to people like just listen to your body and do what you're doing and then I'm not doing the same thing Mm. I'm like but I know this and then when I started putting it into practice I was like wow (laughs) I got great advice (laughs) wow I'm sick (laughs) I think that's normal though like for me me with my clients one of the main things that we look at when someone binge eats is how hungry they are during Mm. the day and I think even as an intuitive eater, it's really easy to ignore your hunger signals, mm. especially if you're like a busy woman, a working mm. woman, a mom, like you're not, you're not checking in with yourself. Mm. So you're not recognizing those signals. So even coaches, nutritionists, whoever, like we can all fall into that trap of just not holding space for ourselves. Mm. That makes sense. No, I completely yeah. agree. And I think... It's so funny that you are fantastic with your relationship with food in terms of being intuitive, but when it comes to your work, Mm. you're so used to abandoning yourself and, like, Mm. putting other people first. And it's, like, how you do one thing in terms of your relationships with people is how you do everything. If you've got friendships where you self-abandon and, like, you put their needs first because you want to feel valid, you'll do the same in work Mm. every single time because it's a pattern that you're you're kind of living in until you deal with the fact that you don't feel valid unless someone wants you or your work needs you you know yeah and I think it comes down to this word selfish that we're all scared of feeling like 100% I think well me personally I was always the selfish one in the family like that that was like my label like my family thought I was selfish Mm. because I would I don't know I don't even know why but maybe the way I came across in decisions or maybe it was part of my ADHD and I wasn't paying attention to things or whatever but I think it's definitely had an effect on like I don't want to come across selfish to people Mm. and it's a woman thing as well yeah because we're quite like we are expected in kind of old society to be 
the selfless one, the one yeah. that gives to the children, gives mm. to give, the family. Give, 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 give. But give, what give, do give, we give, give ourselves? Give. See, I, I, yeah. you say that about selfishness. For me, it's like I don't want to come across as like I'm talking about myself. Mm. But really, people want to hear. People love a story, mm. like, and that's one thing that my coach told me was that my human design coach. She said my power is my my throat chakra. Mm. and talking through your ego which isn't necessarily like me. ego has such a bad connotation but it's not necessarily me 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 when it comes to work people resonate with your story and I'm like mm. that's my biggest fear is like talking about myself and people getting mm. bored of me and not wanting mm. to hear about me because mm. do you know what I mean so yeah. I, I get what you mean I'm bringing it back to the selfish thing something one of you <clears> said <throat> has just reminded me so my sister and my mum are known as being selfless Mm. which is like praise right exactly yeah. it's praise but they also have a lot of difficulties because they're so selfless yeah and my mum actually bought my sister a book and it was like how to stop putting people before you and like my sister sometimes struggles with like um expressing her emotions because she's I don't know, learnt somewhere that she needs to deal with them herself and look after everyone else. Do you know what I mean? So sounds mm. very familiar. Yeah, so I think I think it's society praises being selfless mm. and demonizes selfishness mm. and that's why a lot of us feel like we shouldn't prioritise ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Even in spirituality, like what do you like like in Buddhism and, and like I I personally agree with it to an extent but they say like they oh, I can't explain it. I guess it's mostly monks but people have taken that and, and brought it into their own lives but just giving mm. and like mm. detaching from ego and just being this vessel of just like 100% do you know what agree. I mean and I'm like 100% I, I don't agree. know I don't know what's right or wrong because I really agree with like Buddhist teachings but also like how could I possibly detach from mm. ego I'm human do you like know what needs. I mean like I yeah. have my needs as well and I'm, I don't necessarily want to be a monk so but then it I comes can't. back to this analogy that everyone uses the cup and mm. how you can't give if your cup is not, not full, full. Yeah. and yes, I, I see this that. all the time with like especially mothers mm. who and people who are in, I mean I'm speaking this for myself here but if you have a business or you have a job mm. or whatever mm. how can you perform at your best mm. if you're not looking after yourself exactly. first exactly. and I need to preach this to myself 100% but yeah <laughs> I also love the analogy I heard recently I cannot remember where but in terms of the coach world uh, you are your first client yes like I was if... your first client <laughs> for a while you were my first client and now I'm my first client you're my second client yeah <laughs> ongoing probably for life yeah <laughs> um, but yeah I think it's it's a humongous thing I think we learn so much it's such a heavy I don't even know it's such a heavy culture to be selfless and to not put your own needs first in people pleasing in motherhood in femininity in masculinity as well Mm. like I do believe that a lot of um, the toxic masculinity believes that like all they need to do is give and maybe we've supported that narrative for a long time mm. um, in ways that we're not conscious of and I think that is changing that is changing towards 
everybody needs to look after themselves first mm. and then and it's all that thing of like the whole world would be a better place if everybody just loved themselves do you know what's crazy the more male I've gained a few like male friends since being in Bali right and when I've been speaking to them one thing that's crazy I've just sat there and heard them speak because we speak about girls and guys and like kind of like they'll tell me what guys like and I'll tell them what girls like and Mm. what and one thing I took from it is that wow you actually have a heart you actually have emotions Mm. isn't that crazy yeah like I was sometimes I find it easier to be like kind of playfully mean to guys but like in like a jokey way because I'm like oh they can take it but really Mm. like they'll come back to me and be like I still thought about what you said and I'm like and I'm like oh I was Mm. joking like I didn't Mm. realize you actually took that to heart because I just have this idea that they're all like don't care ow (laughs) don't take anything I I can't explain it it's crazy I think to be fair we speak for Mm. the minority here in terms of Bali in terms of men and like men being I was going to say that (laughs) really okay well this is lost but I think this is where it's going I think this is where it's heading it's like men are becoming more and more comfortable opening up about yeah I think the men here are more self aware and more emotionally developed I like that though same I I want Bali to bleed out into the rest of the world because going back to the cup analogy it's like I obviously I want my partner to like embody that because I want him to be the best best partner he can for me and Mm. vice versa yeah back in my past relationship when I was at the height of my anxious attachment I needed my partner all the time Mm. and he had to say to me it's okay if I'm not always there for you do you know Mm. what I mean like I would expect him to always be there when I needed him Mm. because we were a couple and I'd always be there for him whenever he needed something, Mm. even though he never really needed me. Mm. Um, But he had to sit me down and be like, Nuna, I get it, like, you you are struggling, but I can't be there for you 24-7 because I would need him on the phone to me, like, every night because I couldn't sleep because we were long distance. That's another thing, isn't it? Boundaries within relationships and knowing where you're able to like hold space and where you're not and like something that one of my really close friends said to me recently which I'm really like grateful for was like we had so many conversations back in Brighton about holding space for your partner and it just initially maybe especially at this age being a situation where you are just constantly holding space for each other because this is such a primal age like you're in your 20s going through so much development I feel like I'm praying anyway that 30s are more stable um but it does come out that like a lot of your friendships and close relationships are all about holding space and it's like there needs to be a point where you say this is where I end and this is where you begin and that needs to be Mm. confirmed and we need to have a relationship outside of our development where we say this is where we just go and have fun Mm. we don't talk about our trauma we don't talk about like fucking your mum's issues your dad's issues your family issues we just go and enjoy ourselves because it can just be a rolling thing of like babe I need your help babe I can't sleep Mm. like and it yeah that's why yeah I mean a lot has changed that was when I like that was before I started Mm. therapy before any of my self-development like I was a mess Mm. Mm. and I was so reliant on my partner which is 
wired I basically put up with a lot mm. I was in a relationship that wasn't serving me but I needed him <coughs> needed him so much that I just yeah for mm. me the, being in the relationship was more important than my needs being satisfied if yeah that makes completely because you were getting you were getting some needs met but not all you know your yeah. primal need in that moment was to feel safe so you called him when you felt anxious yeah, mm. and the problem is, is that he didn't know how to deal with an anxious person, which was why we kept would end up in massive arguments and keep going round in circles. Because I needed him, but he didn't have the capacity for me. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it was complicated. I had the same thing though. Like my ex, like was anxious attached, and like he would be like, <coughs> "You can't just so like anxious attached." attracts avoidant and I was very avoidant whenever we had an argument I'd want to run away I'd want to like just run in the opposite direction and be like this isn't working bye um Mm. and obviously that triggered him massively and I feel I do really feel for him because in those times where he was feeling really anxious I was running away and that like triggered him massively and we again got into huge arguments because I wasn't observing the fact that me running away and needing space was triggering him that's mm. literally me and my ex, but reverse. Yeah, because it's like that's but that's exactly what happens. Like anxious and avoidant attract the opposites, mm-hmm. which mm. is hilarious. <laughs> it's weird how it works like that, but it makes sense, doesn't it? Because like, I guess a secure person would wouldn't necessarily they wouldn't sacrifice themselves to have to put up with someone who's that anxious or that avoidant. Yeah. So obviously the opposites attract in that way but that's why Mm. also secure attachments are not attractive to people that are heavily in their avoidant or in their anxious because they're like they're too stable you're going to give me what I need and be really stable that's not familiar yeah (laughs) exactly whereas if you're like accustomed to a certain level of like a certain version of love like If you're familiar Actually, with it's that. not love, it's attachment. Yeah, so if you're familiar with a certain type of attachment um, and then you're presented with a secure attachment, you're like, that's not love, that's yeah. not attachment, that's not how it looks, mm. so I'm going to go elsewhere, I'm going to find a toxic relationship. Which is why I always got the ick when a guy actually could give me what I needed. Yes! Oh my God! <laughs> if he's texting me back, ah! I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. you're not ignoring me. Yeah, oh, exactly. oh, the chase. <laughs> oh my god. What the fuck? But that's the whole thing about oh. women going for bad guys before they go for good guys, you know? They've all got daddy issues. There's a woman oh, that talks hell. about um, the fact that in our earlier years, we. I can't remember what she calls it, but she basically um, narr- narrate, narrates. Um, she, <laughs> she narrates how we get into wounded relationships first before we heal and then we're like because that's what I feel like I've done in my last relationship I feel like I've actually acknowledged and healed from my attachment style and then like okay actually I feel safe in myself enough now to know that I'd probably attract someone who's secure Mm. and a lot more aware a lot more but that's hard to come by when you're 26 like I'm not gonna Mm. lie like i love men but most of them are a little bit more behind and yeah and I've even met 30 year old men 32 33 who still are not developed in that way mm-hmm. so yeah I think I don't Which know is sad but I mean also if we look at the fact that men aren't able to open up about their emotions it makes sense because all we do is talk about our emotions so of yeah. course we're gonna like mature in our emotional like 
Mm. And yeah. maturity, you know? I think it all just comes down to how aware the person is because awareness is the start of anything, right? Mm. And I feel like back in the day when I was anxious and I was attracting the wrong people and stuff, I never looked back at myself. I was always blaming my boyfriend for not being enough or not giving me what I wanted or whatever, which was partly true, but I never twisted the like camera around at myself and thought, okay, where am I falling short in this? Mm. And that's when I started realising that actually there is stuff that I need to work on. And I think that's so important in every aspect in life. Like You actually can't move forward if you don't first have that level of awareness of like, okay, it's really difficult to admit that I might be wrong or I might be mm. like, I, I need work. I'm but, the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're always partly the problem because yeah. in a relationship, whether it's friendship or like romantic, it takes two to tango. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Amen. So. Do you feel like you both um, set boundaries with your exes? What now? Should <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. we revisit the celibacy thing? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, update. Yeah, well, we need to give an update. We'll do that at the end. <laughs> I, uh, well, I'm human at the end of the day. I think I definitely got drunk and texted my ex recently. <laughs> Did you know? Uh, um, but I do feel like there's a level in me now that won't put up with certain BS from anyone, let alone my ex. Like, But at the time in your relationship, did you feel like you could set boundaries? No, because my version of setting boundaries was running away. Rather mm. than being like, look, I'm not going to put up with this. Mm. When we're able to talk about this properly, I'll come back in five minutes, but I need to be able to breathe. Because ultimately, I do get overwhelmed when I'm in an argument, when I'm in a heated discussion. Even when I'm making content or making podcasts, my brain, it looks like... Same. Like, just alphabet letters just floating everywhere. And I'm like, where the fuck am I? (laughs) Every time I set up the podcast and set up the camera, I stress and I start sweating. I'm the same, I just get so overwhelmed and sweaty. Same, I'm fucking sweating now. (laughs) Mostly because the aircon's not on, because that makes a noise, but... For me, it's my breathing. When I get overwhelmed, like, I notice straight away my breathing changes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, shallower, sometimes it's not even really happening. Right. Well, not for like a long period. Not for a long period of time, but like for a couple of seconds, yeah. I'll notice that I haven't been breathing. Yeah, and it's like because yeah. it's it's as if my brain is so ov- on overdrive that mm. like everything else has to stop mm. for a sec. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah. Fucking right. Up. Celibacy update. Celibacy update. <coughs> Why are you both looking at me? <laughs> you go first, go on. Okay, um, so obviously I spoke to my ex the other day, it was his birthday, um, and we spoke a bit a few days later, and so far it's going well, I mean I still, I feel like I've been going out with makeup. I know this like might sound silly, but I've been going out with makeup, less uh, no makeup on. Mm. I went to the gym today, no makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, hair all messy, greasy, and I might have looked at 
I might have looked around, you know. I don't know why. You just we just naturally do. I don't That's know if it, you guys though, know. I looked around and I was like, I don't care. And I didn't want to think I look butters, I feel ugly. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to and that's huge for me because usually I can't look people in the eye if I feel like I look I don't look my best or mm-hmm. I don't look like up to my own standards. So yeah. that's kind of my progress with it. Also, um I'm not talking to anyone at the moment, which is mm-hmm. quite nice and I don't feel like yeah. I kind of feel like I want to. I do, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I feel like I still want cuddles. Yearn for that. I yeah. haven't I mean it's only been like what a month, so I still yearn for that. Mm. But I'm learning how to feel safe in my own body and my myself and learning how to spend time by myself and and again, not setting boundaries but setting boundaries with myself. So if I get tired watching Love Island to go to bed and be okay with not finishing it or if you two are downstairs and I want to be in my room, I'll just come to my room and mm. feel like I'm not missing out. So mm. I don't know how I got onto that, but yeah. No, it all relates, just it like, all relates to like learn, wanting company and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, and like learning how to feel comfortable within myself and giving myself my safe space. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think... my update. My update is I have on and off text my ex... Um, kind of unplanned but like not really in a romantic way just kind of checking in and then Mm. I've definitely noticed a difference in being able to turn down what could develop into romantic situations you have I have yeah because like I don't I'm not currently texting anyone but there are a certain few people that like I could and I could reach out to, and I probably would have if I wasn't intentionally trying not to. Mm. Um, but I'm at that space where I'm like, right, okay, I just need to be, have nothing on my phone that's mm. romantic, like mm. romantic, like engagement or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, even yeah. if it's just entertaining someone who, you just know, getting that validation. fancies you. Yeah, because yeah. that's the validation that you crave, you know? And it's like, I'm actively being like, I don't want that. I want to just completely be sort of, fasting in terms of validation and just I feel Mm. like also something I've really noticed since we started is when I go out I'm not constantly looking around I'm actually Mm. more present with my enjoyment and actually just spending time with the people I'm around yeah maybe having the odd conversation with people um but there's so much different intention behind it and I do feel like that's definitely like made a difference I've noticed it Mm. Sorry, I'm just stretching because my neck hurts. Mm. Um, so, update. I have been speaking <coughs> to my ex. Not that much. Probably definitely a lot more than I should be. But it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> not that that even excuses it. But we were together for like five years. Yeah. And I think we just wanted to like... Because we still love each other. Mm. We just wanted to show each other that we that we still appreciate each other whatever so we did speak on that day then it was his birthday the next day and then it was my birthday and we spoke then but (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean things are still the same I'm still like focusing on myself um I did get asked out on a date and I told him I was celibate and he said okay never mind (laughs) (laughs) so I think I came to the conclusion that celibacy is a great filter. Yeah. Great filter. For fuckboys. Yeah. That just want physical. 
Because I probably would have still gone to meet this guy if he was interested in, like, just having a good conversation and, like, yeah. getting to know each other. Yeah. But the fact that he turned down, like, just getting to know me because yeah. I wasn't... Yeah. Because I wasn't up for Gonna physical. Gonna fuck him. Yeah, exactly. Like, that made me feel really powerful mm-hmm. and, like, grateful that I didn't waste time yeah. with that person. Um and yeah, I'm just at same as you went out that time when we went to Vault. I had the best night of my life because the the, the music. Yeah, my night was all about music and dancing. Yeah, yeah. and I remember I saying, say yeah, I remember saying to Chrissy the next day, I was like, you know what? Normally, I'd be like kind of upset because you know nothing transpired. I didn't get any attention last night or whatever. But I'm really proud of myself because. My dancing is improving. You're sick, babe. You actually are. Well, my Afrobeats dance classes, like, I feel like they're giving me more confidence when I'm actually yeah. out. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, And someone is... said to you, didn't they? Someone said to me, like, oh, where did you learn to dance? And yeah. I was like, what? Because, <laughs> like, six months ago, I did not know how to dance. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. And I'm still on my way, but anyway, um, I just came back from that night out like, wow, that's a, like that's so much to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So but how much like you're glowing now as opposed yeah. to having a one night stand with a guy I feeling know. shit and then being like, I know. that was what your night was consumed by. Yeah, like, I can dance now. So I'm just really, I'm really excited. Like I'm really happy about focusing on me because also what I've realised is there's a lot of stuff that I want to focus on and I don't have space for someone else because someone else right now will take away energy that I want to give to myself Yes, and that's what I've realised is the best thing about this celibacy thing. Amen. One thing I wanted to add was I have developed a friendship with a guy who was originally interested in me and we went out for a meal which was really nice why are you both laughing? <laughs> no, I just mouthed his name accidentally. Oh. <laughs> it's alright. Even laugh. if he sees it, it's fine. Because I just think, like, I told him that I was celibate, and he was like, yeah, cool, like, I was celibate when I first got here, and, like, I'm like, rooting for you, like, good for you. And I was like, okay, cool, so, yeah, it was nice knowing you. He was like, no, like, Still be, still be friends and I think that's really nice yeah I and think, then yeah. a lot of people are like oh but you know he's still waiting for you to like crack and he's still waiting for you and I'm like but I I would rather not think that because that makes me feel like I'm not valuable as a person mm, okay. and also he's such a self like aware person and he's really like Hmm. Develop, do you know what I mean? He's into self development, and he I've seen him, he actually has got female friends. And I think hmm. maybe he has got a little crush on me, but like, I think I feel like he does value me, which hmm. is just so nice. And we FaceTimed yesterday, he was like, Yeah, I got a gig on Wednesday, and I was like, It's just so nice, but I am very aware of how I act because I know that sometimes I might throw in something where I want like some validation like quite slyly I wouldn't do it like on a conscious level it might be subconscious so I'm more aware of like how I act around him do you know mm. what I mean and I just really like how I know if I wasn't celibate 
something probably would have happened mm. and it probably would have been awkward now mm. because I know that I probably yeah. didn't want anything and the fact that nothing happened and we've maintained this friendship it's actually developed into something really beautiful mm. so yeah and your situation has kind of taught me that even when I go back to dating or like looking for a partner I think maintaining a certain level of celibacy for for an amount of time 100%. is really valuable because yeah. like you want to connect with that person mm. on a level that's not sexual mm. first mm. and watch something beautiful grow. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Something to be said for that, for sure. So on a whole, celibacy is going well. Yeah. Wait, oh, wait. No, no, no. What? You high five. Yes, that was a good one. Um, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to keep in touch with us, uh, follow us on our socials, which you can find on in the description. And yeah, we'll have another episode out next week if we're not in a mental hole, <laughs> which sometimes happens. Or we're moving house and getting we're a dog. We're human. <laughs> yeah, which is what happened last week. Yeah, but yeah. Thanks right. for tuning in, guys. Bye. Bye. See you next week.